This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, we're good? All right. So, Pasha and um, last Pasha in the book of Horatius. We're going to be a little repetitive on certain subject matter because we have to get to a certain point. First of all, it's just very interesting because um, I just want to say for tonight that you, you see that the, the Yaakov Avinu, I mean, ya, yeah, Yaakov Avinu lived 147 years. 130 years, he said to Pharaoh, I had a tough life. And 17 years, he lived in Mitzrayim quietly. Everything was great. He didn't go through any terror. So I saw tonight a safer. Why doesn't it talk about the 17 years that he was in Mitzrayim? It, it just says, Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim. He met Yosef, and then right away, he lived 100, uh, 147 years. He called his son, I'm dying. What happened during those 17 years? So I saw today that, that those 17 years, he had peace and quiet, and nothing was happening. Nothing, he, didn't go, he wasn't going through any trials and tribulations. He says, the Torah is here to teach us lessons of life. There's no lessons of life of living for 17 years without going through any sorrows or anything. There's no lessons to be learned. So the Torah doesn't talk about it. It says, Avraham Avinu says, Avraham is talking about Yamim, Vashem Berichs Avraham Bakal. He was old, right? And then Hashem gave him everything. And then doesn't talk about him anymore. Doesn't say anything about Avraham Avinu till by the beans when he sells them, when, when Esau and, uh, and uh, Yaakov sells them the beans. Why would he sell them the beans? Because Avraham died that day. Doesn't talk about him. The beginning, he talks about every move that he make, or Kazdum, Lech Lecha, Sedaim, Sarimenu, everything. All of a sudden, doesn't talk about him anymore. And the answer is, because after he got older and he lived a perfect life, the Torah is not here to tell stories. Not what it's here for. It is here to teach us lessons of life, which I'm going to talk about tonight. And therefore, the parts that were quiet, that there was no tests or trials or tribulations, the Torah doesn't need to talk about that. So everything that you see in this, in Bereshit, Shemot, Vayikra, everything that's there is to teach you something. It's not a history book. It's not a story book. Therefore, the part where they're living, I'm sure Yaakov went to shul every day and had a minion and he had supper and he had breakfast and he taught Torah, the Torah doesn't talk about that because there's nothing, we don't need to learn from that. What we need to learn from is all the different situations that he went through. So, you remember we spoke about, I think a week ago or two weeks ago, the Chida, that when we were talking about Yosef and this whole thing that he went through, that Yaakov Avinu was a Gilgal of Adam Harishon. And um, Yosef was a Gilgal also of Adam Harishon. He got a part of Adam Harishon. And, but Yaakov was the one that was supposed to miss Sakain. What other Mauritian did wrong? What other Mauritian did wrong? He separated for 130 years. After Chava got him to eat from the tree, he was very upset. So he separated from her. I guess he wasn't happy that she got him into this kind of trouble. So he separated from her for 130 years. During those 130 years, he did Navera. He does not very clear if it was something that happened to him while he was sleeping at night or something that he actually did on purpose. But he wasted seed, and because of that, the whole world, all these neshamas got spread out through the whole world. 
that was the Dor HaMabal, the generation of the Mabal, the Dor HaFlaga. Now all these Nishamas that he wasted were in, Eretz, were in Mitzrayim, and the Jewish nation had to go down there and collect them and bring them to Har Sinai to fix them by, the, by Matan Torah. That was the job that the Klaishon, and that's why we had to go to Mitzrayim. That's why we went to Mitzrayim. But Shabbat who was the holiest, had to go into the palace because that's where the holiest of those Nishamas were. So, Yaakov Avinu's job was to be Misakin, because that's what a Gilgal, that's what we come back here for, to fix what happened, you know, what happened last time. And um, Yaakov Avinu's job was to do that, and he did it. He suffered 130 years to fix the 130 years that, he, that Adam separated from his wife and caused that very to happen. Yaakov had to fix that, and that's what the Torah by Yechi starts off with, right, that how long did he live? He lived 147 years. 70 of those years were in Mitzrayim. Cool, good years, good life. But 130 he suffered. So the 130 suffering was for the 130 years that he had to fix for Adam. How do we know that he fixed it? Anyone here know? How do we know that he fixed it? So, Pasha's Vayichi is called a Pasha's Stuma. Pasha's Stuma means... Like this morning, like yesterday, I'm a, I'm a client, so I get that first aliyah. So the first aliyah, you see, normally, when a, when a parsha chapter, when a, when a parsha ends, so the next parsha is the space, about this much. So that you know, Beresh has ended, Noach started. Right? Noach ended, Lech Lecha started. Lech Lecha ended, Vayeru started. So the Bakar, it's very easy for him to see the difference. But now, this parsha is the only parsha in the Torah, where Vayichi and Vayigash, are connected, there's no separation. So yesterday the Bakari was looking for the word Vayechi because you don't have that separation, so he couldn't find it. So we look we were both looking for the word Vayechi. And there's another Vayechi somewhere in the middle of the Pasha that we thought was the Vayechi. So it's called a Pasha Stuma. It's a closed Pasha. Why is this Pasha closed? Every other Pasha is open. So there are many reasons given. One reason is that Kleistro, the Gullah started this week's Pasha, everybody dies. All the Shvatim die, Yaakov dies, and that's when we started, we went into, into Gullus, into, into, um, into Gullus. But another answer is that he wanted to tell us when Mashiach was going to come, to make it easier on us. So we know when he's going to come. Not all these different stories, like two days ago the world was supposed to be destroyed. And I remember in 1999, by New Year's, I was, I watched, I remember I watched the ball drop in Australia, because Australia was the first place on the map, on the, in the globe, that New Year's was in. So I figured if this is really going to happen, what they're saying, that if they change the century, the whole world's going to blow up and all the computers are going to go crazy. How is that possible? It wasn't in Australia. It was Thursday night. Oh, really? Yeah. And I remember watching it and because at that point, all the computers were supposed to go haywire because they weren't programmed and to see if the whole Sydney was going to, they were in Sydney, they were filming. If all the lights were going to go off, then we know we'd be in trouble. But they didn't go off. So all these, the world's going to be destroyed, and the Mayans, the Mayans are gone, right? The Mayans are supposed to be, yeah, and now they're saying, this didn't work, so now they're saying 2022, and when that doesn't work, it'll be 2042, it doesn't make a difference. Yaakov wanted to tell us really when Mashiach is going to come. Hashem did not let. Why? Because if you knew when Mashiach was coming, then we could sin until the day before, and then the day before, do tshuva. Okay, whatever. We say every single day in the morning, he's coming today. Coming today. So, we don't go by that. So, 
Lamaisa, he couldn't, he couldn't tell them because Hashem did not want him to say. So Stuma, Hashem closed, closed his, his Ruch HaKodesh. But I want to say a whole different share. So first of all, the Chidah says that what is, what is the, what is the word that's out of place? So the last word of Ayigash, which is Vayifru Vayirbu Ma'od, is where it's supposed to be. Ma'od ended where it's supposed to be. Vayichi is out of place. Vayichi was supposed to be here, right? A space after Ma'od, and Vayichi is here. So the word that's out of place is life. The word Vayichi, not Ma'od. So really, they're connected. Really what it says, when I saw them yesterday read the Torah, it says, Ma'od Vayichi Yaakov. They're all together. Yaakov lived a lot, if you, if you read it that way. But that's not how the Chidah reads it, boys. Chidah says, how do you know that Yaakov was a Gilgul of Adam and that he, he did what he had to do? Ma'oid, and that's the reason it's, it's together, it's not separated, it's Tuma. Ma'od, by Yaakov, if you take the word Ma'od, Mem Aleph Dalid, Spells Adam. Adam Vayichi Yaakov. Adam lived through Yaakov. That's why they're together. And that's how you know that he's a Gilgal. Everything's in this book, guys. You just gotta know how to read it. Everything is here. Ma'od Vayichi Yaakov. Adam Vayichi Yaakov. Adam lived through Yaakov. Vayichi Yimei Yaakov. Shnei Chai Sheva Abam Shana. And 130 of those years... Where, where he went through very hard times with Dina and, and Yosef and Rachel dying and everything that he went through, Lavan and Asa, Mamish, every minute, to be Masakin, the, the 130 years that Adam was separated from, from Chab. Very fascinating Chidah. Chidah also says, you have to learn Chidah, that it says that he, when he came in, he sat at the edge of his bed. He sat at the, at the head of his bed. Let me see where it is. It's in He said he got up. No, let's see. Where does he bench the boys? Awesh Hamita. Where is that pasuk? Vayikrivu ah, vayikrivu pasuk haftah, vayikrivu imay Israel lamos. Vayikrivu no Yosef. He said, "If you find favor, put your hand and swear to me." What does it say? It's saying over here. No, he got up on the edge on the front of his bed. It says it in the parasha. Chavches through Lamanalis. So where are you? Chavches through Lamanalis. Mm. So 
میتونیم رو بزنیم این خلاصه کنم این بیستنت از خفخه است آه هیر از این سایی تو لامن آف و یای می شابلی و شابلای هی سید سوید می این سوید هم و یشتخو یسرال علای شمیتا و یاکو ببینو bowed down towards the head of his bed what's it all about so he says Rosh at the beginning of the bed means Adam HaRishayin and he was misakein Rosh HaMita because he, did, he had three things against him Adam Shrikas Damim Gileh Arayas and um, Gileh Arayas and Abayi Zara. So Abraham Avinu was misakin Avodah Zarah because he destroyed Avodah Zarah in the world and he brought God into the world. Yitzhak was was because the Shvichas Damim he was willing to spill his own blood to be on the Akedah, so he fixed that. And Yaakov Avinu was here to fix the Gilei Royas, what we said that happened in the 130 years. Yaakov Avinu was very scared that he didn't that he wasn't misakin what um, he wasn't misakin what. Adam did. Why did he think he wasn't Misakin? Because he married two sisters. And two sisters is Gilead Royce. You're not allowed to marry two sisters. And he married two sisters. Now, he didn't keep, he didn't keep the Torah outside of Eretz Yisrael, all the Torah. So he married the two sisters when he was by Loveland. When he came into Eretz Yisrael, Rachel died. So he was only married to one sister at that point. So he was worried that it was against Halacha what he did. So he was guaranteed by Hashem that if none of your children die while you're alive, then you're guaranteed that you're going to have a, a perfect Ganeidin, that you did everything that was right. When, when, he thought that, when they told him that Yosef died, so he thought, oh my gosh, that, he thought that he, um, he, he, not only he didn't help Adam, because he did Gilad Royas, so he did the same thing as Adam, right? And that he was being punished, that, that he did the wrong thing. When he found out that Yosef was, was alive, so it says he, he, he got his chayim back, he got his ruach back, right? Because he realized, when he thought he was dead, he thought he didn't have by marrying two sisters. Now he realized that he didn't do have by marrying two sisters. So when it says that he, that he bowed down to Rosh Hamita, he said that, Baruch Hashem, I realized at this point that I have Yosef here, that marrying two sisters was not that I did something wrong. So he says, the Rosh Hamita was considered Adam Harishan. So he was like, Adam, I did what I had to do. I, I fixed it. I thought that the two sisters were the problem, but you see, Yosef is here for a bracha. Yosef is a raya. I didn't lose any children while I was alive, and that's why he bowed down in front of his bed to, to say that I, I, I was masakin when I needed to be masakin. So you realize that what looks like is going on is not what really is going on. So I want to go back to, to Yosef HaTzadik. And I just came from the five towns. I spoke on this subject. I think it's very, very, very important for all of us. So, so Yosef was... We, we have to, we have to try, and so I'm going to go back a little bit to what I said last week. We have, we have to try to understand what Yosef was going through. So, we, we, we spoke a few weeks ago that when the Malach met him, when he was going to his brothers, so the Malach said to him, not where are you going? He said, what do you want? He asked Yosef Atzadik, what do you want? Like, what do you want in life? What's, what do you want? What are you looking for? What do you want? You should have asked him, where are you going? You look lost, right? He asked him, what do you want? Yosef said, all I want to do is belong. I just, I want to be one of the brothers. They don't like me. They don't count me as a brother. Um, 
I, I, I want to be one of the brothers. That's what he said to them. So he told them, okay, if you want to be one of the brothers, go to your brothers. You know, th- that's where they are. And he went, and of course, they didn't call him a brother. They were already planning how to kill him. And they never used the word brother on him. Um, you know, really to get the point across, you have to know the psukim. Let's do the, let's do the psukim so you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so by Pastor by, by, by Yeshev, right? So he sends Yeshev. And it says, which is interesting. But Yikanu by Achiv, his brothers were jealous of him, says the Torah. And his, but his father kept the matter in his mind because, because he knew that Yosef, he knew who Yosef was, and he knew if he had two dreams in a row on the same subject, Yaakov understood that Shemesh Adava, I, I can't just make way and say, oh, he had a dream. I have to watch because it's going to come true. I know this, but I don't know how. I know somewhere down the line we're all going to bow down to him, but I don't know the Cheshbon. But Shemesh Adava, no, he didn't, he didn't push it aside and say, my son has crazy dreams. He said, I gotta watch this. I got, you know, when you watch something, you gotta keep it. And I, was, I gotta keep an eye on this. This is gonna happen. Well, I don't know how this is gonna happen. So I gotta keep an eye on it. But his brothers, they called him a Navi Sheker. They said, you're making yourself a king. Yehuda has the kingdom. So you're married by Malchus. You're going against the kingdom. You deserve death. Sorry, Pastor, you deserve death. You're married by Malchus. You're saying Yehuda's not the king. You're gonna be the king. Everything's gonna bow down to you. You're married by Malchus. You're Chaim Misa. That's, that's the judgment that they came. Right? So, what do you want? So he said, I want my brothers. That's all I want. I don't want anything. I don't want money. I want a car. I want to be accepted. All of us in this room, we all want to be accepted. Either by our parents, by our friends, by our teachers, by our, by our wives, by our kids, whatever it is. Human beings have the need not to live alone. Hashem created us not to be alone. We all need to be accepted. We will pretty much sell our souls. We will do whatever it takes to be accepted. If you study gang, gangs, um, the Crips, all these guys in California, everybody, the, the gang mentality is that I will kill or be killed as long as I belong to something, as long as I belong to the gang. So they will do whatever they whatever they have to to initial rights to become part of the gang, or, or they'll go they'll go into a gang fight knowing they're gonna get, get, get a bullet. What, are you crazy? Why do you want to get a bullet? Because it's my posse, it's my boys. So the, the ability to say my posse, my boys, my chevra, that is so endearing and so important to all of us. We need to give up our lives for it. So you, we as human beings, we need to belong. That's why the street. The street is as strong as it is because if a kid's not doing well in school, so he's feel I don't belong in school. Then his parents get on him, I don't belong at home. I don't belong at home, I don't belong in school, I go to the street. Because in the street, you're totally accepted. You can be accepted nowhere in the world. The street accepts all. There's no judgment on the street. We accept you as you are. Rich, poor, your father's a shiva, your father's a guy. We don't care where you come from, you know, you're beautiful, you're great, you're whatever you want to be, you're one of us. One of us. Those words are huge. Huge. The, the, the Arabs, the Muslims that blow up people, it, it's, it's jihad, be, being part of jihad is worth killing yourself for. I am part of a much bigger group 
being, much bigger being than myself. I am part of it. So for that, I'll blow up myself. I will blow up myself. And, and if you, the, the psyche of kids and the reason that we, we want kids to be accepted, even if one Rebbe accepts you, one person in the world accepts you. That's why the Gemara says if you have one friend, you feel like you belong to something, that, then it, it keeps you going. That, that's the whole chashivas of a team. I love playing ball my whole life on a basketball team, on a hockey team, on a baseball team. I don't like playing tennis. And I don't like playing golf. And my friends are all playing golf today. They're too old to play basketball. And I have, I have no interest in bicycling. And, and I, I went into my own psyche because to be healthy, you have to be able to think yourself. And I'm like, well, my friends are all bicycling, even though I can't get into that stuff that they wear. It's too tight for me to wear. You know what I mean? I, I look silly on it, right? But even if I could get into it in the spandex, whatever they call that stuff, um, I don't enjoy biking. Why don't I enjoy biking? And, and I know why. Because since I'm a little boy, I played hockey. And I was a left winger. And I'm on a team. And my job is to go into the corner and center the puck and give it to someone else to score the goal. I'll tell you the honest truth. Passing the puck on a good, sharp pass feels better than getting, than getting the goal. When you make that pass, when you make the assist, because I'm part of a team... And there are four other guys that are depending on me. Five other guys, actually, with the goalie, right? They're depending on me. So, so there's a psychology that, so I'm, as a person, I like to be on a team. So playing golf, it's just me. I'm not on a team. I'm not on anybody's team. Going on a bicycle, I'm not on anybody's team. I like team sports. Because when I'm on a team, that means I'm accepted and depended upon, and I depend on others, and they depend on me, and we're a group. Yosef HaTzadik had 11 brothers, and he wasn't accepted by any of them. And when the Malach came and said, so what do you want? You you, you got the Ksenis Patsim, you're your father's favorite, right? You're considered the Bechar, because Rachel was, Yaakov was supposed to marry Rachel, not Leah, so Yosef was really the Bechar. So the Malach said, you have everything. You have everything. So what do you want? He said, it's all not worth anything if my brothers don't accept me as one of them. So as Achai, my brothers, that's who I'm looking for. It's all he wanted. And the truth is, that's all we want. And, and many times in marriage, right? And, and I'm, I'm doing Shalom Bias, whatever it is. And she's like, his friends are much more important to him than me. You know, for me, he'll buy the wrong thing. For them, he'll never buy the wrong thing. For me, he can't get up in the morning. But when they need something, and they're going on a guy's trip, he's up already 3 o'clock packing. So, so if you, if you break it down, and why, why does it hurt her? You think, you think she doesn't want you to have fun? You think she, because she doesn't feel like she belongs. She feels like an outsider. That's the worst feeling. And that's what Yasef told the Malach. There are 11 guys out there, in the sh- and, and I'm not one of them. That's what I want. So he goes happily to meet his brothers, dreaming that I'm coming to see how they're doing. I'm being sent by my father, right? So they're going to accept me. Yeah, they're going to accept you. So what happens? He goes, and they see him 
from they see him from far. Before he's even near them. Not so much he was hated. They're already planning how to kill him. Now, what do they say? They say, very very important passage, because Terry doesn't waste words. And each guy said to his brother. So they're one posse, these 11. They all consider each other brothers. The Torah tells you. Each one said to his brother, right? Hine, not our brother is coming. Baal HaChaloimais. The dreamer. He's not our brother. He's not part of this family, right? And of course, we know what happens. They sell him. Fine. He goes to Mitzrayim, Potiphar's wife, goes to jail, right? Pasha's Mikates. Now what happens? They come down, they come down to, to, the reason I'm telling you all this again, because I'm going to make a very big point at the end. So you have to, but you have to understand Yosef's psyche, because then you'll understand why he was called Yosef Atzali. Okay, so now, they come down to Mitzrayim, and what happens? Same thing. Let's get down to where they come down to Mitzrayim. The rub starts. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Yosef who has shalat alaretz. He's the king. He's the man. Right? Vayavay achay Yosef. And his brothers come. Vayishtachu loya payam artsa. And they bow down twice. Both dreams just came true. Twice. Alumim. The bundles, the stars, they both just came true. So now Yosef said, aha, they called me a Navi Sheker. They said I'm a Navi Sheker. That this thing that I'm saying is not a dream. I was saying that it was in the Vias, right? They said it's a Navi Sheker. How can we bring that down to you? Now he realized, I'm right. Because now the Navias came true. Until then, he didn't know that he was right. But now they bow down twice. And now he knew he's right. And that he's not a Navi Sheker. And that he was the right one. They were wrong. Okay. So what does he say? Okay. And he recognized them. And he spoke, he spoke hard. And he said, you're a bunch of spies. And the Torah continues the story. It's reporting to us what's going on. And Yosef recognized that these are my brothers, which he always recognized, which, but they never recognized. The they still did not recognize him. His his want and his need was to be accepted. He he's a mitzri. They're 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 their brothers. They still did not recognize him, which is a finished goddamn because he looked exactly like his father. The Medrash says when he looked in the when he looked in the in the glass when he was opening the window by Potipa's wife, he didn't see his father. He saw himself, but he looked exactly like his father. So his dikuna shalavim. So how could they not recognize him? It's true when he left, and everyone understood that answer. When he, oh, you know why he didn't recognize him? Because he, he was clean-shaven when he was 17 years old. He didn't have a beard yet. Now he had a beard. He didn't recognize him. No, just the opposite. Now he had a beard. He looked exactly like his father. Because his father had a beard. So it's just the opposite. Now they should they were looking at Yaakov Avinu. He looked exactly like him. He didn't want to recognize him. That's what I'm right? And Binyamin, Binyamin surely should have seen it. So you can tell me the other ones didn't want to recognize him because they were so sure that they were right. So... It, if they would, if they would have, it's, it's so true. When you make a decision about somebody, right, whether you're a teacher or a parent or, or, or in life, you make a judgment on someone, 
You can go to court. They could be found guilty. They could be. They could. You can bring all the riots in the world. But you're so sure you're right that you cannot see anything. So over here, if they would have recognized that it was Yosef, they would have realized that the dream came true, and that they were wrong. They could not recognize that it was Yosef. There's no way. Maybe it looks like him. You know, everybody has a twin in this world, they say. You know, they'll find every excuse. But that can't be Yosef, because Yosef's a liar. And Yosef's a Navi Sheker. So I don't care what you find out and what evidence there is. I don't believe it. So they could not recognize him. He looked exactly like his father. But they were like, no way. Because if he's, if he's Yosef, I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. So he recognized them, says the Torah. He recognized them. They didn't recognize him. So he still didn't get his wish that he should be accepted by his brothers. Fine. So he comes up with a master plan. He's brilliant. Just he said, you know what we're dealing with? We're dealing with shift a cup. So if, if, if you bang your finger tonight in the kitchen, the first thing you're going to say in your head is, what did I do wrong with my finger? Midah can I get midah? You get an earache, right? If I get an earache, I'm thinking to myself, what Lush and Hara did I listen to? Midah can I get midah? So what did Yosef do? He says, they need to do tshuva. They're wrong. Ha, raya, they bow down to me. So that means I'm not a Navi Shekhar. They need to do tshuva. If I'm going to tell them that I'm Yosef, then they're going to do tshuva meira. Oh my God. He's the king. He's going to kill us, right? That's not a real tshuva. They need to do tshuva me'ava. They need to come on it to themselves. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up the perfect midah kenege midah. I'm going to say they're spies. They know they're not spies. They're going to go back and say, this guy is Chayesha B'Kshayrim. This guy is calling us spies. We're not spies. Hashem, why would someone call us spies if we're not spies? Why would, why would you cause the king of Mitzrayim to be Chayshu B'Kshayrim? Must be, it's me, the Kenegah Mida. Because we were Chayshu B'Kshayrim, right? Oh my God. That means that we thought Yosef was guilty and he wasn't. We need to do tshuva. Any person would think that way. So that's what Yosef was brilliant. So they're going to figure out from my hint, that they're chayshu b'kshayrim, then they're going to say, oh, we were chayshu yosu b'kshayrim, now we got to do tshuva. Beautiful. Master plan. Should have worked. Didn't work. What happens? Yehuda's like, what's going on over here, right? So what does he say? He says to his brothers, he's the leader, he says, we did a sin. We sinned against our brother. So Yosef's sitting there listening to this. He's not supposed to understand Hebrew, right? So they don't understand that he's, that he's listening. So what does he say? He says, we did something very wrong and we're being punished. Why? Because we did not have pity on our brother when he begged us not to sell him. Right? We didn't have pity on him and therefore we're being punished. And Yosef listening to this, and he says, oh my God, they totally missed it. You, the wrong that you did is not that you didn't have pity on me. The wrong that you did is you You said I'm a Navi Sheker, and I wasn't a Navi Sheker. So here I am, sending you a Mida Kenegi Mida, and you're walking out and saying, you know why this is happening to us? You know why this guy's saying that we're spies? Because we should have had more pity. So what they were saying to Yosef was, what they were saying to each other is, our verdict that we came to, that he's guilty, is correct. We are right. But the punishment 
the sentence that we gave him, that he showed, should have, that he was sold to Mitzrayim, we should have had Rachamim on him. We're right. But when he begged us, we should have come up with a different idea. This is like, you're doing tshuva on the wrong thing. You're doing tshuva not having Rachamim on me. That's not what you did wrong. What you did wrong is you judged me falsely. So Yosef said, okay, I'll try it again. You didn't get it the first time. I'll do it again. Takes the cup, puts it in Benjamin's sack. The same exact thing. They're about to leave and try him, right? Maybe think of the thing I heard this week. Someone told me in Shul that, that it says, this is unbelievable. It says that they weren't far, they weren't far out of the Mitzrayim when they caught them with the cup. Why do you have to tell us? Hold on, you gotta hear this passage. They sent them away. They were they were just out of the city at that point. They didn't get far. When Yosef told everyone, "Go, policemen, go down and check out there," and say, "Why did the Torah tell us they didn't get far? Why do we need to know that the GPS? Why do we need to know that they didn't get far?" So he said that he saw in a safer, an old safer, that had they had he knew that the Koyach of Tulus Haderech, right, if they would have said Tulus Haderech, he wouldn't have been able to do anything to them. So the Torah tells us that they didn't they were still in the in the city limits, so they didn't say Tulus Haderech here. That's why the Torah says that. He said he saw in an old safer. Had they been far, it would say Tulus Haderech, yes, yes, he knew the Shvatim say Tulus Haderech. That nothing, and when you say that until Sederach, that nothing should happen to you, we wouldn't have been able to touch them. So the Torah tells us they weren't yet out of the city limits to say Tzul Sederach. I never heard this shot. It was, it's an amazing shot, and that's what he told me. Anyway, so, so, so what happens? So he goes and he puts the cup in Binyamin's thing. So now again, now they knew that Binyamin didn't steal a cup. Right? So now the brothers are again, This guy's crazy. He calls the spies. Now he says that we steal his cups. Right, so Yosef figured, now the second time, again, that Yehuda would figure out, means that, so what happened? Instead of figuring out that that's the reason they're going to do tshuva, Yehuda said like this, last week's parasha, he said like this, until now, I didn't mess with this guy. Why didn't I mess with this guy? Because until now, we really felt because we didn't have pity on Yosef HaTzadik, right, on Yosef my brother, Hashem is punishing us. So we have to accept it. They didn't fight for Shimon when they put him in jail. They didn't fight for Shimon, right? He didn't, Yehuda didn't whisper and say, I'm going to kill you, Paro, and the whole Mitzrayim if you don't let my brother go. What happened with Binyamin? But all of a sudden Yehuda decided now, that's it, finish, it's over. We're going to wipe you out. So Yehuda said like this, listen to Listen to how a person's mind can be so wrong. You would have said like this. Until Binyamin, I thought that we're all getting punished and we have to accept whatever this king does because it's from selling Yosef and we didn't have pity on him. But now that he's taking Binyamin, Binyamin didn't sell Yosef. Binyamin wasn't by the whole bar. So if he's taking Yosef, if he's taking Binyamin and putting him in jail means that it's not Minashamayim. Not from God. It's not a punishment. With a punishment, Binyamin wouldn't be part of it. So here is here is Yosef trying to get his brothers to do tshuva, and it's going totally the other way. Now he's saying 
that it's not even because we didn't have pity on him. Because if it had anything to do with Mechilas Yosef, why is Binyamin going to jail? So now Yehuda said, so this is just an anti-Semite, Meshuggah, Egyptian king. We're going to wipe you out. So Yosef, the Pasuk says, at this point, Yosef said, oh my God. First I tell you, Moraglim, you don't get it. Then I steal the cup, not only you don't get it, but now you're using the second time I did it to say that it's not even for the Rachamim. That's, that's not, he realized, this is not going my way. They're not getting it. Just the opposite. It's getting worse. And then the Pasuk says, he couldn't He realized, what am I going to keep doing this? I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep sending him messages that they were They're not getting it. So he said, then it comes to this point, I don't have a choice. I have to tell them that I'm Yosef. And they're going to have to do Tshuva Mihira. Because I tried twice, and it's not working. In fact, now, they're up to the point where it's not even the Rachamim that had to do with it. It's because, it's not me. It's not a bad king. So now look at the Pasuk. So he says, Olav means against him. He couldn't hold back. Everybody should get out. He cried. So again, we, we, we spoke about this last week. He said, I am Yosef, and I accept that you made a judgment on me. But but Avichai, he didn't say Ha'oid Avinuchai. At this point, he said he's Yosef, so they were all brothers. So he should have said, I'm Yosef, is our father alive? He said, is my father alive? He excluded them, right? So we spoke about this last week. That Yosef was saying, I need Yosef. You know, you can make a mistake with me. But wasn't my father alive when you sold me? So where was he in the Cheshman? When you sold me, didn't you think about our father, Ha'oid Avichai? Isn't he alive these 22 years that I've been gone? Where was the Cheshman about him? So therefore, when you do something to someone, and you don't take in a Cheshman, all the other people that are hurt, as far as you're concerned, they're not alive. If, you, if your parents say, come home at 12 o'clock, and at 12 o'clock, you're like, I'm having a good time. I'm not going to even call them. I'm going to come home at 1 o'clock. And from 12 to 1, your mother's sitting there tittering. From 12 to 1, you have no mother. Because if you had a mother, then you would have called her. So when she's out of the cheshbin, what Yosef was saying over here is, since, since our father was not in your cheshbin, the pain that you were going to give our father, he was not in the cheshbin, therefore, he's not your father. Because he was your father, before you sold me, you would have thought about that the man's going to sit for 21 years without Ruch HaKadosh, thinking that his son's dead, thinking that he did an Avera by being married to two sisters, thinking that he's going to go to hell because he was told that as long as his children are all alive, you're guaranteed. But if they're not all alive, where was he in your cheshben? So he didn't say, Avinu. He said, Where was Tati in the cheshben? So of course, they couldn't answer. They could not answer him. They could say, we made a mistake in your judgment. But you didn't make a mistake in my father. You didn't take in. And I was speaking in the 5,000. I said, when you throw a kid out of yeshiva, you need to sit there and not see him. Rabbi Greenwald told me this. Not see him. You need to see his kids, his wife, his grandchildren. You're putting that kid into the street. So he's going to become not from. He may even marry a non-Jew. You may be calling it a Holocaust. You just threw him into the gas chamber. Because now all his children are going to be non-Jews. You just wiped him out. So before you're a Rebbe or a Shashiba, wherever you are, and you take a kid and you throw him out, you need to look at all the guy rice that are coming out of him. You need to look at the kind of wife 
he's going to marry if he's on the street, you need to look at the Tishabov that's in his parents' house when he comes home and he's thrown out of yeshiva. You need to look at all those things. If you don't, then those people are not alive. That's a oid avichai. If you don't look at all that, lo yochel lanois, says the medrash, what are you going to do when you come to Shemaim? How are you going to answer it? You can answer it. Listen, this kid was misbehaving. He was, he was listening to Gaisha music. He was a, so, you can answer any yaisir. You made a judgment on the kid. Because what going to say, but what about his kids? His grandchildren, his parents, his sisters, his grandparents, who know that he got thrown out. What about all those people? Did you take them into your cheshbin? Loy yachol lanois. You will have no answer. Before you do something, you need to think about the effect that it will have on everybody. What you do yourself, that's your problem. Ani Yosef. Isn't Hashem alive? Isn't there a bigger picture? Isn't there a reaction to this? And it works the same way, not only when you throw a kid out, it works the same way as a parent, and it works the same way the other way, as a child. What you're doing to your parents. I know you want to have fun. I know you want to party. Did you take the cheshman? What it's putting your mother and father through? What it's putting your siblings through? I don't have to care about them. No, you don't. But you should know that as far as the Torah is concerned, they're dead. As far as you're concerned, that's not your father and mother anymore. That's the other kid's father and mother who's not putting them through that. If you're putting through that and you're not in your cheshman, then it's ha'oid ovichai, not ha'oid avinuchai. And that's what Joseph told them. And that's what they could not answer. This is my own shot. You're not going to see this anywhere else. But when I was preparing the shir, so it says something very interesting. They were ashamed. Mipanov um, is from his face or from in front of him. So I wanted to say that now, listen to this. This is my own shot, so I can't tell you that it's MS. Maybe it's MS, maybe it's not MS. I think it's MS, but that's why I'm saying it over. So I want to say like this. Until now, they didn't look at Yosef's face. Because they looked at it, but they didn't see that it was, that it was Yaakov, that it was Yosef. Right? Now he said, I need Yosef. So now look at my face. I'm Yosef. How are you, Avichai? Did you, did you care about dad? And now they're looking at his face, so his face looked exactly like his father, says the Medrash. So what, they couldn't look at his face because his face was Yaakov's face. So when they looked at his face, they were, it was what the Muslim that he was giving to them. What happened to that man? What happened to that face? What happened to Yaakov? You didn't care about him. They couldn't handle looking at his face. When they looked at his face, they saw their father. And they saw what they did to their father for the 22 years. And they realized that his Muslim was true. Couldn't handle that. That they could not handle. Now you did. Okay. Now, but Yosef had Sadiq, so now he went through all this unaccepted, the dreamer, but he still wants what we all want. He wants to be accepted. So it's very nice. I am now the king of Egypt. Right? But my 11 brothers, I'm not accepted by them. So he, he makes the move. He says, Gishuna Eli, come close to me. By Yigashu, they came close. By Yayme, listen to what he says. Listen to the word. He doesn't say, I need Yosef this time. The first time he said, I need Yosef, now he's not giving them Musr. Now he's pleading to belong to them. I need Yosef, I am Yosef, your brother. I am one of you that you sold me to Mitzrayim. 
I want to be Achichem. So he goes on, don't get angry, he's mentioned Hashem. Okay. Finally, Pasik Tezvav, I remember by heart, it's Pasik Tezvav. And he says the following. And he kisses all his brothers after everything they did to him. Michael them. He never said the words he's Michael, but he kisses all his brothers. And he cries on them. What is he crying about? This is what they're crying about. What? No, it wasn't a cry of happiness. Years alone. He's crying because these were his brothers. He was never accepted. He was never accepted. These were his brothers. Finally, the Pasuk says, And it's a very weird Pasuk. And after this, that he kissed them, and he cried with them, His brothers spoke to him for the first time as brothers. Finally, he got what he wanted. What he told the Malach when he was 17 years old. What do I want? Es achai mevakesh. Ani mevakesh. I'm looking to belong. That's all I want. That's all any of us wants. Just to belong. Not to be pushed away. Just to be part of. Just to be accepted. Now, Paro knew this. Paro knew that Yosef, even though he was number two, was not happy. He knew that Yosef was living in Mitzrayim, unhappy, by himself, not one of the brothers. So the Pasuk tells us, V'hakol nishma b'shpahol, listen to the Pasuk, to the words, and a, and, the vo- and, and, and a call went out, a call went out, in the house of Paro, Lema saying, Ba'u ache Yosef. The brothers of Yosef came. He is now one of the brothers. And they were happy for him. And finally, after all this, he was back to becoming one of his brothers. Tell this to your brothers that they should come to Eretz whatever, whatever they whatever they say. So here is everything that he went through. Now, he looks like a very big tzaddik. But the brothers, at the end of the day, guys, still didn't trust him. What happens at the end of Pashas Vayichi? At the end of Pashas Vayichi, what do they say to him after Yaakov dies? The following. They bury him. Yosef comes back to Mitzrayim. Vayiruach Yosef. And the brothers of Yosef, they don't get it. They don't get who their brother is. They're scared of him. He may send them because their father died. And they said, Maybe Yosef hates us. Right? Perhaps he has hatred against us. And now that dad's dead, he's going to take revenge. They don't get it. After all this, they're thinking that Yaakov died. He's not finished with us. He's going to take revenge. By Yitzabu as El Yosef Lamar, and they tell Yosef they make up a story. It wasn't true. Yaakov commanded us before he died. Tell Yosef, please forgive them for what they did. 
Yosef cried. He said, Dad, my father never said that. And if you look at the Torah, Yaakov never told, them, never told them to tell Yosef to tell Yosef to forgive them. They were so scared. They so did not know who he was. That they were scared that they had made up that father told us, by the way, that you shouldn't take revenge. So he cries. And they said, We'll be slaves to you. Yes, he said, what are you talking about? What are you worried about? What do you think, I'm God? You think I'm judging you? I'm not God. You try to do bad with me. But God, he didn't want to do bad with me. He wanted to do good with me. Why? He sent me down to the triumph so I could save the world and I could give them food. Listen, I want you all to learn a lesson from this boy because we all have stuff. My Rebbe did this, my parents did this, all the stuff that happened to me. And I'm not forgiving them and I'm not letting go. Nobody went through what Joseph went through. His brothers tried to kill him. Then they sold him. Potiphar's wife, jail. What do you want from living him and trying by himself? No minion, no yeshiva, along with his kids, no other Jews. Hello? Who, who was treated like this? So what did he say to them at the end? It's Menashemayim. Out he wrote, don't worry. I will feed you. And I will give your children to eat. Listen to the godless of this man. You hurt me. You hurt me. You sold me. You tried to destroy me. In the end, he comforted them. They did the bad. They did the bad to him. And in the end, he's telling them, I'm comforting them. And he's talking to their hearts. He's telling them, don't worry about it. Forgive you. It's only for the good. I'll take care of you, bros. I'm one of, they excluded him. That he's not one of the brothers. And now at the end of the, at the end of the whole story, where it's coming to a conclusion, he's comforting them. He's telling them, I got your back. You pushed me away. I got your back. And he talked and comforted them. But you know him, my son. But you dabber leave him. And the end, last pasuk. We'll end with this thought. When Yosef died, he was 110 years old. They mummified him. And the, 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 the Egypt Egyptians used to mummify to keep the body from rotting. And they put him in a coffin in Mitzrayim. So I've spoken about this many times. That's not the way you end the book of Barathees. The last Pusik in a, in a, in a, in a Sefer capsulizes everything that happened. This is the worst Pusik in the whole Torah. It is, it's the worst Pusik. Yosef died, they mummified him, put him in a coffin, and buried him in Mitzrayim. And all of us in Shul the Shabbat are going to be screaming, Chazak, Chazak, Minis Chazak. Be strong, he's dead, he's in a coffin, he's in Mitzrayim. Yay! What's going on here? How does this Last pasuk, you know, at the end of the book, you know, take the whole book and, and put capsulize it into one pasuk. What is this pasuk doing at the last pasuk of Barathees, of creation? Every other Shemos, if you look at Shemos, you'll see that the last pasuk talks about Moshe, Kleisro, sort of sums up the whole book. What's going on over here? 
It looks like it's a terrible. It is. It's a very depressing pasuk. You know, you'll come in with a yay pasuk saying he died. First of all, it never says in the Torah that anybody was buried in a coffin. What do I need to know? Did they put him in a box. Of course, they put him in a box, right? It never said before that they died. Right? They buried him in Marzalach. What's with the coffin bit? It doesn't tell me that Reuben had a coffin, Shimon had a coffin, Avram had a coffin, Yitzhak had a coffin, Yaakov had a coffin, Moshe. Doesn't see anywhere anyone had a coffin. All of a sudden, and you need to know that they mummified him. Yay, I need to know that. And they put him in a coffin. What do I need to know about the coffin? You guys say this every year. Hello, Rabbi, what's with the coffin bit? And why would you end the whole voracious? Voracious creation, Noah, Adam, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Shvatim. There's a lot going on here. That he died and you put him in a coffin? That's what I, that's why I end the whole voracious? What's going on over here? So the terrorist is a very important lesson to all of us. Jesus Batadik, as you can see from the story I just told you, was totally against normal nature. If you do bad to me, I'm not comforting you and making you feel good, right? I'm not feeding you, that's for sure, right? He forgave them. He's telling them, it wasn't your fault. It's from God. He defied nature. It's not normal. He wasn't normal. It's not normal after what they try to do to him. It's not normal. On top of that, with Potiphar's wife, right? The most beautiful woman in the whole world. It was mamish to the last second. He ran out. He said, I'm not doing this. I'm just not doing this. He went against the man's nature. She was, she was created by the Satan to take Yosef, who was Yisrael, who was foundation, to take him down. Because if he went down, the world was destroyed. That's what the Chidot says. So that, that, that woman, if the Satan is creating a woman, she's a very good-looking woman and a very provocative woman because the Satan knows how to do that. So you have to understand that. It was not normal that he was able to get away. And it says, by He ran out. He left his outer garments, which in Kabbalah means he left his physical needs with her. Have a nice day. I'm out of here. So the Torah tells us that when Klaistro came to the Amsuf, we were stuck, right, between a rock and a hard place. That's where that word comes from. We were, the ocean was in front of us, and behind us were crazy Egyptians shooting spears at us. And there we are. And Yosef, and, and Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Amsuf, split! And the Amsuf says, no! And Moshe Rabbeinu says, split! And the Amsuf says, no! The Jews served Avayi Zara. The Egyptians served Avayi Zara. God created me. I have waves. I can freeze. I can be ice. But I don't split. That's not my natural. That's not how God created me. I have no right to go out of my nature. And therefore, the Jewish nation does not deserve a miracle any more than the Egyptians do. And Hashem is MS. Hashem is MS. And he didn't have an answer to the Yam. So they were sitting there. And they were stuck. And then all of a sudden, the Yam split. Hayam Ra Vayanos. It saw something. It says, the Yam, Hayam Ra, we said it in Halo. Hayam Ra Vayanos. The ocean saw something, and it split right away. Ma Ra Hayam Vayanos. What did the ocean see that it split? You ready? The one word that's not by anybody else in the Torah. Arainai Shal Yosef. Yosef's coffin. He saw Yosef's coffin. So why did he split? Because when he saw Yosef's coffin, he said, Moshe Rabbeinu, for you, I don't got to split. Aaron Akoyim, for you, I don't got to split. Seven years of Canaan, I don't got to split. All the Jews, I don't got to split. But for that one in the box, since he 
was able to break nature, for him, I have to break nature. Mida kinege mida, and that's why the yam split. Had you, now, so now let's look at this pasuk. What a crazy pasuk! The best pasuk in the whole Torah. What happened? By Yamas Yosef ben Meir he died. That's not good. By Yechatu Eisai, they mummified him. By Yisim Ba'aron, they put him in a coffin. Where in Mitzrayim? Had they taken him and buried him in Israel in Shechem, like his father was buried Yaakov, then when the Jewish nation would have come to the Yam, the Yam would have never split because his Aaron wouldn't have been there. So if the Yam wouldn't have never split, the Egyptians would have wiped us out. If the Egyptians wiped us out, we would have never been Makabal the Torah. But Rashid Elohim, why did Hashem create the world in order for Christ to be Makabal the Torah? If you're not Makabal the Torah, then the whole Bereshit is wiped out. The whole Torah is wiped out. There's nothing here. The whole book, everything's gone. The only reason that you, that the whole thing exists, that, that Hashem created the world, was for the Torah. Who got you across the Yam to get the Torah? Yosef Atzadik. How did he get you there? By sacrificing himself to be in the Nile until we left Mitzrayim. He said, but when you leave Mitzrayim, swear to me that you're going to take me up. Because without me, you're not getting past the Yamsuf. And Kachoya. So this Pusik that looks like coffin, death, buried in Mitzrayim, your poor Yosef got buried in Mitzrayim, not like Yaakov, and he had to go through Kenan and all the other markets that Yaakov didn't want to go to. This is the most Nebuch Pusik in the Torah. No. When we finish this Pusik, we say, Chazak, Chazak, Chazak. Everybody that's in Shul, listen, you're going through tough times in life, hurricanes and, and Shmad and, and the Jewish nation going through all this terrible stuff. But Yechantu, by Yisab and Mitzrayim, we're dead. We're mummified. We're buried. This is Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is, is the Satan. Mitzar. He's the, he's the one that chokes you. Right? We're in Mitzrayim. We're dead. We're in Mitzrayim. And we're singing, Chazak, Chazak, Menis Chazay? And the answer is yes. Because the only way for us to get through the Yamsuf is to go through the Skolas. The only way for us to get to Mashiach is to go through the Skolas. So we sit there this Shabbos and we scream, Chazak, Chazak, Menis Chazay? After what looks like the darkest Pasek, because that's the Pasek we're in, Chazak, Chazak, Menis Chazay? Because at the end of the day, Bereshis leads us to the end of the world, which is Mashiach. And that's the lesson that we have to learn from Yosef HaTzadik. And the only reason he was able to save us was because he was able to break his nature. When he should have hated his brothers, who he said to the Malach, to the, to the Malach, to the Ishes, I just want to be one of them. I just want to be accepted. I, they're trying to kill me, they try this, they try that. And even when they got to Mitzrayim, he said, I recognize you, why don't you recognize me? I want to be part of you, why am I not, why am I not accepted? And that's something our generation has a big problem. This group doesn't accept this group, and this group doesn't accept that group, and if you have a hat, and you don't have a hat, you see it. No! No, that's the problem. That's what he told the Malach. No, all the brothers. Ruben's one kind of guy, Yehuda's another kind of guy. These are B'nai Bila, these are B'nai Zilpa, these are B'nai Leah. They're all very different. We're all brothers. And finally, at the end, by Yishak, by Yenashe, and the brother said, now, we, now we'll talk to you as a brother. May we all be Zeicher, Kleisro, to be able to talk to each other as brothers. And then we'll see Mashiach, and Harry, Amen, Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.